Hey guys, real quick announcement before today's show. If you're listening to this on Thursday, the 23rd, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, you can hear Dave Smith versus Spike Cohen in the long-awaited Borders debate hosted by our own Mark Claire. You can hear it tonight if you are a member of our Patreon or our locals. Everyone else will have to wait to hear it until January 3rd. Until January 3rd. But you can hear it tonight. You can be a VIP. You can watch live, comment live, all that good stuff. Just go to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. Join today. You get access to the debate. Do it now. We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though. That's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. All right, we are live here with Kingsley and Aaron Edwards. Um, Kingsley, you might uh, know him. He's the CEO of Float, uh, which is Float is a crypto social network and marketplace. Aaron is his wife. And uh, we'll talk about Float. We'll get into that stuff, I'm sure, because it's it's fascinating and uh, you know a hot topic, the crypto world, obviously. Um, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. But what you might not know about Kingsley is his dad, Michael Edwards, has been in prison for 28 years uh, for a nonviolent drug offense. And we want to get into that, um, talk about how that's impacted him in, in his life and the obstacles that, that that's caused and, um, and things like that. So we'll, get, we'll really give the, the goal here. You know, I, I bring on often so many people who have been through the system themselves. Um, and probably not often enough do I talk to people, family members, children, loved ones of someone who is still incarcerated. So Kingsley and uh, Aaron, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great to, uh, great to get to speak with both of you. Um, first, I'll just kind of open up the floor. If, uh, if you want to give a, give an introduction of yourself, uh, I guess start out talking about float and, uh, just a general overview of, uh, who you guys are. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm Kingsley and this is Aaron, my wife, and, uh, we're both, uh, founders of floats, which is a, uh, free speech social network. Um, that, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, integrates, uh, crypto. So we have a lot of exciting things, uh, developing over there, especially this month. It's a really busy month, yeah. uh, year end. And obviously crypto has been, uh, been pretty interesting this year to, uh, to follow a bunch of different trends. But, uh, but yeah, we, we launched that a, a couple years ago. And, and like you mentioned, um, since I was a child, my, yeah, my father has been in, incarcerated uh, for now over, over 28 years, um, going on 29 years, I believe, in March of next year. So, um, so yeah, it's just a really you know, sad situation. Unfortunately, we, we made a lot of headway uh, last year, actually on my birthday last year, September 23rd, uh, we had a... Uh, meeting with the clemency board that includes the governor and the uh, clemency cabinet members, 
which just includes other politicians in, in government positions. Which from, we've been, we had been waiting for for years. Yeah. And, and specifically, actually, yeah, we, we, we thought that the, um, that the clemency board meeting would have happened earlier in the year and then coronavirus popped up. So it got delayed, it got delayed because, you know, government can't figure out how to use Zoom or whatever. So uh, finally, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, we had so much support from uh, the local community, the local press, uh, the, you know, the, the prosecuting attorney uh, agrees that my father has, you know, spent way too much time behind bars. The, the crime doesn't uh, the time. Yeah, the crime doesn't fit the time, yeah. which is uh, rare for a, a prosecutor to uh, really come out and say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, not only, so the, uh, clemency board, their, uh, offender commission review board actually signed off and gave their recommendation for Michael's release, which they gave to the governor and the clemency board that day of the hearing. And, uh, and unfortunately the governor and the clemency board still did not, uh, let him out. Yeah. Uh, even though they're, the people that they hire to do evaluations on the inmate and, uh, you know, recommended that they release him. They didn't listen. And I think that's the first time that that's ever happened. Yeah. So yeah, the, uh, Florida clemency, what was it again? Florida offender, offender review board. They, uh, yeah, they, they, they vouched for my father. We had, you know, we had such a, such a big, uh, buildup to this, this moment. And we really thought that we had a chance. We were the, my family, my, uh, his mother, my grandmother, and his sister and my aunts uh, drove up to Tallahassee. They were the first ones to present. Um, you know, we had local uh, local press there that's been following his story. Um, just, you know, I don't think there's really anybody that has really more support for getting out because, I mean, no one, like, no one with the right mind agrees mm-hmm. with, uh, with the situation. And for, for those that don't know, um, in 1993, he got convicted for uh, two uh, sales of cocaine charges that equated to less than $850 worth of cocaine. And he got uh, two 30-year consecutive uh, sentences. sentences, so 60 years total. And now wow. he's already served, uh, you know, almost half of that. Uh, I believe he can get out with, you know, um, good behavior, like over 40 years, but still... Hey guys, we're going to take a real quick break right now. I want to talk to you about a really cool service. Um, It's for expats. It's for the location independent. It's for the international entrepreneur who is seeking financial freedom and, and for people really just concerned about their privacy in these times. If you remember back on episode 308, where I had on an expert in the field of privacy, a guy who calls himself uh, Dallas. Uh, the episode was called Living Virtually in South Dakota with Dallas, the Privacy Postmaster. And the service that Dallas has founded, has started, uh, is called PrivacyPost.io. It is a, by default, a virtual mail and business center. Uh, services include a virtual mail, a professional business address, privacy trust services, company formation, Portugal D7 residency, and virtual domicile in privacy respecting and the income tax-free state of South Dakota. Now, privacypost.io protects you from third parties, overreaching government agencies, and complicit cloud platforms invading your private, personal, and business information. Privacy is freedom of association, expression, 
commerce, and mobility, guys. It's time to start taking that seriously. PrivacyPost.io is your partner in freedom. Go to www.privacypost.io for more information and tell them that you heard about them from Finding Freedom on Lions of Liberty. So so two 30-year sentences, and I, I read a little bit about his case. He decided not to, he was offered a plea deal, decided not to, right? Yes. Yeah. He, he was, uh, you know, he was a bit, I guess, cocky uh, coming into it or not, you know, not cocky, but he just thought that he had a case. Um, they offered mm-hmm. him, I believe it was uh, 15 years, if I remember correctly. And he thought that, you know, he, he could, didn't think there was any way that he could get a life sentence essentially for yeah. two, two charges of possession and cocaine. Uh, you know, that was crazy. So why, why take the chance on something and, you know, agree to spend 15 years in prison when you're just like, all I did was sell some, you know, cocaine twice. Yeah. And, you know, he was, uh, he was a, uh, uh, addict and he had never, you know, he had never gotten help for that. Um, it's actually an interesting story of how it even all evolved, how he got convicted and how he was, uh, um, you know, arrested. His, it was a an ex-girlfriend that ended up getting caught with some drugs and they ended up, uh, you know, turning her over and she ended up, uh, they, they asked her, her to get cocaine from my father. Right. So it was a complete setup. Yeah. So uh, apparently, you know, he was kind of out of that scene at the time and, um, and you know, he ended up uh, doing it for her and then she actually went into the, uh, his bathroom and then let the police know that, that, uh, the cocaine was there and they busted in and, and got him. And about, I believe it was like a year or two later, she actually ended up committing suicide because she, uh, felt so bad about, you know, what she had happened, just the, the guilt. So a lot of, a lot of lives ruined. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, it's, uh, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, no one, no one agrees to, to this, mm-hmm. uh, to the, the, the sentencing, um, especially now. I mean, you know, like I said, what we thought that's, we really had a, a good case with uh, up there with the governor being present at the clemency board. We had uh, all this support behind us. We have a GoFundMe or a uh, sorry a uh, Change.org petition with over fifteen thousand uh, signers that all agree that this is ridiculous. It's a horrible sentence. And Unfo- they need to let him out. Yeah, unfortunately, we we believe that part of uh, that politics may be at play because. Uh, the one Democrat on the clemency board is the the one that was uh, brave enough to bring my father's file uh, for to review, and uh, she has a, a back and forth with uh, with uh, Governor DeSantis. Well, so, she was running. She was running oh, for geez. governor of Florida against Ron mm-hmm. DeSantis, who she shares a spot on the clemency board with. Yeah. So it's her and three other Republicans. So we feel that because she was the one who actually brought the case to the clemency board and she was really pushing for his release. Um, You know, the only reason we can think of why Ron DeSantis is not letting Michael out is potentially, you know, maybe he didn't want to let Michael out because Nikki Freed is pushing for his release, you know, his, his political opponent. It's, it's sick to think, I mean, it, it very well could come down to that, but it's sick to think that, you know, it would come down to just a political point, you know, leaving, you know, leaving your father in prison after almost three decades. It's it just that really really highlights how freaking toxic politics are, like to the yeah. core. But. And the problem is is 
everybody loves Ron DeSantis, you know? So it's like, you can't, you can't get in there and, you know, talk to him and, and basically say, Hey, listen, this will be really great for your reelection campaign because he's, he was going to get reelected anyway. Everybody mm. loved him. Uh, and, and still does. I mean, he's a, a great governor as far as, you know, the COVID restrictions and everything like that. It's just, unfortunately, uh, you know, he's just letting playing politics with a man's life. So to, to turn the page back to sort of earlier in life, earlier, um, you know, in the, in, you know, the impact that your father's sentence has had on, on you, Kingsley. So if, if you like look back to, to growing up with having a, a father who's incarcerated, I'm curious, did this play into or factor influence, you know, push you towards uh, libertarianism in, in any way? It's interesting because when I look back, actually, like uh, growing up, I mean, you know, government indoctrination, uh, schooling and and, uh, you know, out of in, in high school, I was kind of like a little neocon after 9-11 happened. I joined the military. So, I mean, you know, as, as a child, I just remember, you know, you know, I love my father. Uh, but he we, did something bad. Yeah. You know, I thought that he did something bad. I thought that he was. Maybe he was, you know, paying the right price by being in prison. I guess it didn't, it didn't really uh, register that mm-hmm. he'd be in for, for this long. And, um, and then, no, I mean, more, the more I grew up and then, you know, I, I kind of fell down the, uh, the Ron Paul uh, rabbit hole in, in 2007, 2008. And then I just started realizing, whoa, hey, this system is really messed up. And, um, and you know, hey, we, we got to do something about it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. I mean, there's not many people in prison that have uh, his type of sentence and, or, you know, as, as long as uh, his sentence is, uh, especially for the crime. I mean, he sees uh, murderers and rapists get let go, you know, I, I believe like weekly. Um, so it just, it's very frustrating for us and especially him to have to, to deal with, you know, every, every day. And I feel so bad. I mean, there have been so many moments where he's, you know, gotten his hopes up and thought, okay, this is it. This is my last day in prison and gives away all of his things. And, um, and then the next day they make a decision and, and he's still in there. And for him to be able to pull himself out of that kind of despair, not once, not twice, but multiple times, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, especially especially this last time. I mean, at the clemency board meeting, they it was like it was like Ron DeSantis wasn't even prepared, um, even though this was like the, the file. First, the, the file had been sitting on his desk from like March, and the hearing didn't take place until September. Yeah, and uh, they brought up some charge because he he was caught with a cell phone that wasn't even working, uh, so he was using it as a calculator, and they actually proved that. So he got thrown in the hole for like a month or two. For, for that, even though it was, uh, he was using it as a calculator because it didn't work as a cell phone. And it's probably and worth it, stating that, you know, I mean, cell phones in prison, everyone has cell phones in prison. I yeah, mean, and the guards <laughs> are the one who brings them in. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, how do and they, they, get don't, they don't get penalized or yeah. punished. So, um, so yeah, they, 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 like, they really like focused on that, which was, uh, uh, what was that, like two and a half years prior, some, you know, small thing, uh, you know, to us, but in prison that that's kind of, you know, obviously a, a big no, no. And they also brought up his relapse. Yeah. Which was like which over was like a year after he even was incarcerated. Right. Which was like over 20 years ago. So it's like, oh, wow. okay, 
Let's just like these are not reasons to keep someone in a jail cell for almost three decades. Yeah, even if he had his cell phone that he was using as a calculator, he shouldn't have been in prison at that time, anyways. So that was already he was already in for like uh, nineteen years or something like that. So yeah. it's crazy. It's really just crazy, you know. And unfortunately, even when you call like the clemency board or the governor's office. Uh, to ask them about the status of where they are and why, like what is the reason why he's not out yet? They can't, they're, first of all, they're so rude to you. They treat you like you are less than human for even asking about your loved one. It's like the DMV basically, but way worse, yeah, <laughs> like honestly way worse. And uh, it's just, it's such a terrible situation. Like these people just go out of your way to not answer your questions, to make you feel like, you're small and uh and it's just it's got to change like the system has got to change oh sorry i was gonna i was gonna finish one thing about the, the clemency board meeting and so at the uh at the end of it when they when they were done going back and forth and uh and basically you know trying to make my father to be some sort of you know ter- terrible criminal uh they uh they ron DeSantis said that he needed more time and so we were told at the end that uh, by, I believe, one of the aides, uh, my, my grandmother and uh, aunts, that it would take about like two or three weeks. So we wait two or three weeks. We keep following up. Uh, no answer. And this is what, you know, Aaron was, was referring to us, mm-hmm. us calling and, and trying to get any information out of them. Um, then they were just, yeah, they were just, you know, basically terrible to us and told us to wait longer, wait longer. We waited three months, six months, took them nine months to say no. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of time wasted and a lot of, uh, hope loss, but somehow some way my, my dad, you know, he's straight, he stays uh, strong and positive. I'm not sure how he does it, but he does do it. How so, often are you able to communicate or, or visit your dad? Uh, so I, I used to be able to visit at least, uh, once or twice a year. Then, uh, you know, when I was younger, around 10, we moved to, uh, to Las Vegas from Florida. So then it would be, then it, would, it was usually like during the summers. Um, more recently, it's like every, you know, couple of years. I haven't been obviously traveling that much, uh, for the last year or so, but, um, but, you know, we try to make it out. Uh, I will say one thing. Luckily, he does have a uh, tablet now, which is actually great. So we can actually email back and forth and set up uh, video visitations uh, pretty often. And that's been the last like year or two. Yeah, so that's that's been a, a you know a big plus with uh, with the prison system at least. I mean, you have to pay for everything. Obviously, like pay per you know sending an email and stamp yeah. and setting up video calls and everything. It's just such such a racket. But, um, but at the very least, you know, we're able to have more connection now. So, so when when you guys met, Aaron, when, when you met Kingsley, um, I'm I'm just curious because you know with with, the, with a dynamic, there's always I mean sometimes there's a stigma when someone finds out that their, their father's in prison. You don't know what it's for. I'm just curious w- what that was like when you learned about Michael being being in prison and. Um, I don't know if, if you knew Kingsley, you know, much before you just was how that worked out and, and how you guys talked about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it came a little bit as a shock. Um, but when I found out what it was for, you know, it really, it spoke to me and it really drove me to be like, you know, what, I want to get involved in this. I want to help however I can, you know, can we, 
start a go or not a GoFundMe, but a change.org uh, petition, you know, to gather support. And that's really, you know, we, we worked on that. We got 15,000 signatures, um, you know, a lot of support, a lot of public comments to the clemency board. And, uh, you know, and so I just wanted to do everything I could to help. It was just kind of like, still is like my main mission to try to get Kingsley's dad out of prison. You know, it's just, it's, a terrible situation. I would not wish it on anybody. You know, a lot of people, you know, they see these interviews, but they don't see, you know, the emotions and the repercussions emotionally that it has on, you know, the son of someone who's been incarcerated for 30 years. They don't see the tears that fall. They don't see the, you know, sobbing after phone calls and they don't get to see all that. And, you know, it's hard. Yeah, I feel bad. You know, my father is always kind of ashamed. So he's he's just like, you know, he's always like, he feels very he, careful about what we put out publicly. Yeah, but he just he just feels bad, you know, for me having to even admit that he's in prison. I'm just like, hey, this is not your fault. This is the fault of the of the system, and I have to continuously remind him that that yeah. um, he is not the one to to be at, at blame. Yeah, well, I, I I wanted to ask that question because I think that's like the biggest one of the biggest hurdles. Sure, the system's broken, right? I mean, I think most people, even you know, outside of the liberty movement, um, are coming to understand criminal justice reform is happening slowly. People are understanding these you know decades long sentences for nonviolent crimes are are insane, but there is still like there's still that 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 stigma to overcome. And and I'm curious, Kingsley, did did you deal with you know, some of that, that growing up having, you know, having an incarcerated father was, you know, did relationships or friendships, was that something that, that, that you had to overcome? Uh, you know, it's always this, you know, a thing, right. That, that gets brought up when making new friends or, uh, relationships or, you know, whatever it may be, or, you know, business or jobs. Um, but again, ultimately like, Every, when you tell people the story, everyone is just in disbelief that this mm-hmm. is the situation. And they, uh, you know, ultimately they, they, a lot of people, they do want to help or support, or at least, you know, sign a petition or, or, uh, you know, figure out ways, uh, to, to get the word out. So, um, so, you know, it's, yeah, it's never been really a stigma for me. Really. It's, um, I've, I've been able to actually, you know, rally support. yeah, rally, rally support around a, a cause that obviously, you know, I, I believe in just for his case and also other nonviolent offenders as well. Um, you know, there's like anywhere from 250 to 400,000, I think, uh, nonviolent offenders locked up right now. And so, you know, a big part of what we want to do is get my father out and then uh, start working on other people as well and help them with, with their cause because. The, uh, the system is just, is so messed up. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you know the stats as far as incarcerated individuals in the U.S., uh, mm-hmm. you know, land of the free. We have uh, more people in prison than China, Russia, everywhere else uh, by a lot. Yeah. So it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, a lot of the people that I talk to are people who have been through the system. And it's interesting that so many people who come out, I mean, you think they would just, you know, wash their hands with it and, and want to get away. But so many turn, ar- turn around and work on, you know, helping, you know, 
people that are left behind, pe- people that are still in there by starting organizations and, uh, and things like that. And I think a lot of this movement, you look at people like Alice Johnson, um, a lot of the um, you know, momentum that has been built up over time has been created by people who have been through this system. So it's really being changed by those who suffered you know, the, the greatest injustices. Right. Yeah. And that's something, honestly, like I would say it's really been difficult to keep people motivated over. I mean, we've been together for six years. And so, you know, even those people that signed our our, um, change.org petition six years ago, if we put out updates, it's hard to get people to to keep having to write, you know, the governor and the clemency board and show their Mm -hmm. support in different ways over, you know, it's been a six year period since we've been together much longer since we haven't. And so garnering that support and keeping that support constant and consistent um, has been, has been difficult. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a, it's a lot of, you know, energy drain with, uh, and uh, I, you know, my, my dad is every day, you know, trying to get uh, now sending me an email or, or trying to call me and it's, you know, it's, it can be tough. I mean, you have your, your own personal life, us starting our family, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a business, um, employees, friends, family, you know, our own thing going on. And, but then we have, you know, this, this man, you know, a family member, my father, who's, who needs needs to get the, you know, the hell out of there and he deserves to be out of there. And every day, you know, we can be like, uh, oh, you know, I'll get to that next week or next month or whatever. But every day is, you know, Mm -hmm. testing basically his patience and, and also, uh, you know, just so hard on him. I mean, you know, he goes through very, you know, deep, uh, deep de- depressive, you know, times. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it's sad to seem like that. So we just, and, you know, and he faces challenges, you know, he'll write emails to legislators and they'll bounce back or they'll be censored by the, the prison system email. Uh, that happens all the time. So, you know, he'll spend all this time and money that we pay, you know, to put stamps in and then the email system will reject his emails that he sends to these people asking well, for help. Yeah. Well, he can't even send them out. It's like an internal system, but even him just like saying, Hey, you know, can you, uh, can you email or, you know, call uh, this, you know, this politician to, to help me out. These types of, these types of things are, are not allowed in the communication. I guess they're allowed with, with sending letters, but not with email. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, going back to, to float as far as like, you know, censorship and, and everything. Um, it's just kind of interesting to see how the, the, uh, the criminal justice system does censorship on their own. And it's, you know, obviously very, very hardcore, uh, within their, their whole system. Yeah. So before we move on, cause I do want to, you know, have you guys talk about float here, here at the end, but before we do that, what can people do? Um, you talked about the change.org p- petition, Definitely plug that. And what can people do right now to help? Yeah, so right now, um, you know, if you go to uh, freemichaelnow.org, it will auto-forward to our change.org petition. Uh, please sign that if you can. I know it's it might seem like uh, nothing, um, but every every little bit helps. You know, hopefully we already have 15,000. Uh, hopefully we can have 20,000. The more support we can show, uh, from his community and from just people all around the world. It doesn't matter if you're in Florida or not. Um, you know, the better, the better it is for our mm-hmm. case. And it just takes really just two seconds to, to do it. So I really appreciate uh, that. Um, 
and we're putting together something right now. You know, my dad is like, he's, he's a very smart guy too. And, and he's, he's like a marketer. Yeah. And he's, he's constantly, you know, strategizing you know, on how to get out of there, yeah. uh, which, you know, I think we all would be in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, you know, he's asking people to uh, contact uh, Cynthia Ross, who also supports his release. And, uh, and basically we're, we're really hoping um, to make any connections with anybody that is close with the governor. Uh, we already have, we've already made quite a few connections, um, but I guess it's just not getting through, unfortunately. So, and also Amira, Amira Fox. Oh yeah, and Amira Fox as well. Um, they potentially can can help him uh, get out. But, um, and you know, we have, he's, we'll, we'll have some stuff. Uh, if you do are on the uh, change.org uh, uh, petition, we'll be able to share things with you from there. We also have uh, Free Michael Now on Facebook. And, uh, and Twitter, Facebook's probably probably better. Also on, on Float as well, which we actually we need to update. But um, but yeah, we, you know, we're the next clemency meeting that he's eligible for, I believe, is like in five years. Wow. And uh, and yeah, so um, so he doesn't want to wait that long. The easiest route would be to have some sort of clemency or pardon by the by the governor. And that's also you know the least probable. But uh, but that could happen right now, at, at any time, basically. I mean, a governor can issue a pardon almost any time. Yes, yeah. yeah. As long as you know, he as if he says yes, then it's within days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, it can be. So um, so yeah, yeah. That's that's the biggest thing for me is you know we are talking with with uh, some people. We're constantly talking with people to try to, to try to figure this out. Um, it's like a never ending puzzle. And we've we've had our you know our hopes shot down many times before, uh, especially you know last year. But uh, but you know we're staying strong and he's staying strong. And we we try to keep him positive, um, even though you know we know how hard it can be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I definitely encourage my listeners to uh, to help in any way you can. Sign the petition, um, write letters, help any way possible because. Uh, and if you know Ron DeSantis, or if you're involved with the Republican Party in some way in Florida, I mean, a- any way that you can uh, you can help to get get the uh, the message to Free Michael up the chain, please please do so. Um, Thank you, we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I appreciate that. So let's let's talk about Float. What is Float? Where where did uh, where did this idea come from? What's the origin story? Yeah. So. Um, so like my father, I'm, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. I know he got into maybe, you know, some, some different types of businesses. Uh, but I've been, you know, involved in uh, crypto uh, startups since 2013. And uh, after my previous company was acquired, we, uh, we you know, I, all these YouTubers that I was watching and uh, people on, uh, on these big tech social platforms, I started noticing these little things, especially after Alex Jones got, uh, got banned in 2018. That uh, that you know even before the the corona hit, um, they were having to you know change a lot of the words that they were using um, while they were doing videos. I I saw this really this Orwellian uh, you know uh, trend start to start to pop up pretty early, and so and we were actually developing a a, a crypto wallet that was going to be focused on uh, privacy coins and tokens, but we decided to uh, to change change our pivot. Um, when we got accepted into Boost VC, which is a, a startup accelerator that focuses on cryptocurrency and other technology run by Adam Draper, uh, Tim Draper's son. Um, so we, yeah, we just started, 
we decided to, to, to go with floats, um, knowing full well that social networks are probably the hardest things uh, to accomplish as far as uh, technical features and getting a user base and a community growing. But, uh, but here we are, um, you know, two and a half years later after, you know, after launch, and uh, we're, we're going strong. Uh, we have a lot of the you know features that you expect from a social network, the ability to upload you know text, images, gifs, uh, videos. One unique thing is is audio, which is pretty cool. Um, we also have live streaming capabilities. We have a built-in uh, Bitcoin wallet, which we're going to actually be switching out for uh, an Ethereum and Polygon wallet here in the, in the near future, which we're excited about. Um, we have encrypted messaging and a whole bunch of other stuff. So we're Right now, in the, in the midst of uh, a big update that we're working on, which is a codename Catamaran, and we right now we're kind of re- going to be retiring the uh, float beta boat and uh, and and jumping on board uh, the Catamaran. Uh, it's looking like probably the end of January, unfortunately, but uh, but we're working hard. We have a great team uh, that's developing everything behind it. Yeah, and everyone on our team is very. Um freedom-minded and actually openly, I think, calls them voluntarists. Um, And it's, it's really cool being able to manage a team of um, freedom-minded folks who are committed to building freedom technology and um, just preserving free speech online. It's actually awesome to be able to do that. Yeah. And I like to say that, you know, the, the float equation is, is uh, free speech plus free markets equals free people. And I, I truly believe that. So we're looking to add a, a bunch of different features, you know, next year after our catamaran launch, like a float market and groups and a bunch of other features, other cryptocurrencies integrated, our float token, float NFT. And adding more cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Um, nice. But yeah, sorry, just, just, oh, go ahead. If you don't stop us, we'll just keep going. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just soaking it in. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious. So if you're talking to someone, someone who's, who's on Facebook and, uh, or Twitter or whatever, the, the legacy, um, social media networks, what is, is the biggest, uh, dif- differentiation? Is it the encrypted messaging, which gives you that, that free speech or, or is there, is there something else there? It's the, the main difference is we won't censor you or ban you for stating your opinion. Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's, it's wild now, especially mm-hmm. since we got started and, and we launched in uh, July, late July, 2019. And just looking back and seeing how crazy censorship has got since, since then. Um, and how really we've just, now we've just kind of got, gotten accustomed to it. You know, we're, we're, we're the, the frog uh, boiling in the pot. And we just, you know, we see these, these uh, fact checks on uh, the big tech platforms uh, when, you know, when you review a lot of them, they, they seem to be wrong. Um, I just, what did I just get from Facebook? Um, Oh, for elderberry, elderberry syrup. In 2018, I wrote in a vegan group on Facebook, Mm -hmm. Hey guys, does anyone have any elderberry syrup I can buy from you? I'm feeling really under the weather and I'd greatly appreciate it. And I just got a uh, a strike on my account for that <laughs> what two years later elderberry uh, three oh, years wow. later what yeah. year are we in yeah and uh and I mean, it's just like what you're striking me for asking for elderberry syrup yeah. from 2018 i had uh i had quoted uh, i think hitler in 2012 
as a way to uh, talk about uh, government education. I forget exactly what the quote is right now, mm-hmm. but uh, I got a strike for that. You know, that was, I think, yeah, like eight or eight or nine years later. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the big thing, like, like I mentioned is that like all these, these uh, big YouTubers and I really was like a, a kind of a Google fanboy uh, before all this censorship started going down. Um, but all the, all my, you know, favorite YouTubers that I get in, you know, that, or that help me, uh, you know, know what's going around the world, independent journalists, they just, you know, they, I just, they couldn't even talk about, uh, police brutality, wars, uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah. And uh, now it's getting even more mainstream where if you talk about the sun and the vitamin C, you know, that you get from the sun, uh, you're off, you're out of here. Uh, if you talk about anything against the narrative of, um, you know, the COVID narrative and, um, any medical freedom decision at all, you're done. Um, you know, like it's, it's really pouring from, you know, what was independent media now to just very mainstream things. And, uh, and I really think that Facebook is shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely what's happening. I mean, we we've been banned on YouTube multiple times, or we're we're full we're fully demonetized. I don't think we'll ever get that back. Um, you yeah, YouTube is basically dead to us, but we still stream there. I don't know why. What would you do? What'd you do? What what rule did you break? Um, I I think originally it was using uh, copyrighted music, um, but then recently it's I think it's been just mentioning the. Uh, IV dash mech dash, you know, you know, that, uh, <laughs> <Careful>. <laughs> but you, I mean, you should be able to, to have discussion around these things. Yes. I mean, it just, it goes to show that it's these companies, these big tech companies are really trying to come for free speech. They don't want you to be able to talk about and to discuss freely, uh, these topics. And that's scary, you know? So, you know, with flow, honestly, we, we are truly trying to preserve free speech online, you know? Yeah, we, we believe in that. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of, uh, Aaron brought in a lot of content creators into our lives as, as friends. And these are people that have, you know, built up their, their YouTube presence to, you know, 150, 250,000, mm-hmm. uh, subscribers. They were starting to make, you know, a decent amount of money. They could focus on it full time. They spent, this was like their livelihood. And all of a sudden, just like that for no reason because of some vague community guidelines. Sometimes they'll send you an email where they don't, they'll say, we, you know, we banned you because of blank. We've had friends that have had that happen multiple times. Um, So it's just, yeah, it's just really Orwellian. And, you know, I saw, uh, not only did I want to fight back, but I also saw it as a a business opportunity um, because Mm -hmm. I see big tech platforms, you know, just taking, taking the, the wrong road and uh, and really, you know, devaluing uh, their user base, and so we invite everybody to uh, to come over to floats. A uh, big part of what we're doing too is sorry to ramble, but uh, <laughs> is uh, is yeah, focus on interoperability. So we want to make it easy for people on the big tech platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc., to uh, you know jump on over to floats. So we have a way for people to download their Facebook data and upload it to their float account. Um, oh, cool. we're looking for ways to do that with Twitter and YouTube. Um, and we have a way for you to connect to your Twitter account so that when you post on float, it can auto post to Twitter. We're looking to do that with many other, uh, apps just to make 
really Float at the end of the day, a very useful, you know, communication broadcast and, and commerce tool right. uh, for the people. Let's take a quick break in today's show. I got a brief message, but a really important message. Obviously, in today's crazy world with uh, governments going tyrannical across the globe from Australia to Austria and even right here in the United States, um, it's more important than ever not only to um, have your own personal mobility and uh, ability to move around to make income wherever you move, but also to protect your wealth. And our friend Mikhail Thorup of the Expat Money Show is the best of, of the best at helping you do that. And he has a podcast, The Expat Money Show. You should definitely subscribe and listen to that. But today, what I'm here to talk to you about is a free, some free materials, some free information. They're going to help you to sleep like a baby knowing that no one will ever raid your personal Fort Knox. What Mikel has put together, um, it is a free infographic report. It's 19 international strategies to protect and grow your wealth. Um, it's going to help you to safeguard and grow multi-generational wealth for your dependents um, to get ironclad protection so strong that no lawyer will ever consider suing you. Um, really, it's going to make creditors you know, terrified to even look at your personal assets and it'll help you to defend yourself from governments trying to steal your money through taxation. As libertarians, we know taxation is theft. But guys, arm yourself with something that is going to help you to fight back against those uh, overreaching, coercive governments. You can go to expatmoneyshow.com slash lions to pick up that report today. That's expatmoneyshow.com slash lions. And uh, go there today and get your free report. Yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, that that's a key because as you were talking about kind of at the, at the beginning here, like with, it's so hard to build up that 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 beginning, you know, so, social network that, that kind of, you know, gets its own momentum to itself. But if people can kind of, you know, ease into it and in parallel post on Twitter and, and post on Float at the same time, that's attractive to, to, to me at least. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to start, get my Float account after this, uh, after this interview. I am curious about um, one more question, though. So back in, uh, you know, when Trump was banned from Twitter and, uh, and Parler was, uh, was shut down, uh, how do you or maybe you already have mitigations in place to prevent something like that happening uh, with Float, you know, where, where they basically take, take your servers and, and shut them down? Uh, yeah, so we, we actually are in the middle of actually uh, migrating our, our data to uh, a more secure uh, server base, or that's you know farther farther away. We're we're all constantly trying to uh, to iterate and become mm -hmm. uh, more resilient. Um, so we we are working on that. Um, we there's there's technology now, you know, thanks to things like uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency, um, like unstoppable domains. And other technology where we can bypass uh, DNS and uh, and rely on uh, on you know even blockchains or IPFS to to host data. Um, so we're not like fully there as far as our you know decentralization strategy, but we are. You we're know, closer than we were yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we're we're constantly uh, striving to become more and more resilient, and you know we know that this this fight for on censorship is uh, or free speech. Is probably only going to get worse in this in this mm -hmm. strange clown world that we uh, that we live live in now, and that we're yeah. growing more accustomed to. Which I kind of have to like snap my my head some, or my fingers sometimes just to kind of snap me out of it because I, I do feel that we're 
just like how you can't say certain words, um, you know, we're just, we're getting too used to it. Uh, so. And that was a point I wanted to bring up before you even asked that question is, you know, Google play and Apple store, you know, they're forcing apps to moderate content or, and then threatening you, uh, threatening to remove it. If you don't, I mean, mm-hmm. that is tyrannical. Like that is scary, you yeah. know? And so, uh, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, you know, so in that way, you so know, we removed our apps well, or our, our iOS app yeah. actually. Yeah. We, so we decided so how to, do you get, how do you get the float app then? Uh, so we would yeah, we removed our iOS app because we just didn't want to spend uh, time and, and resources on developing an app that we knew that eventually would probably be taken down. Uh, we do still have our Google Play app, or our Android app available on Google Play. And we also because, have an, uh, an APK yeah, for those who don't want to use the Google Play Store. Yeah, so you can uh, direct download the APK app uh, directly from our websites. And we encourage uh, iPhone and even, even Android users, honestly, to, uh, to just add, you can easily add Float to your, to your home screen uh, and use it as a web app, which I actually prefer anyway, because then you don't have to rely on the the uh, App Store walled gardens, and um, and your app just automatically updates every time that you open Float. You don't have to rely on mm-hmm. us getting permission to post it to Google Play, and then them taking time. It takes to review so it. long for yeah. us to submit an update to the Google Play Store, and then for them to approve it, and then to push it out. It's a really long process. Yeah. So yeah, using using Float on on your browser is uh, the best way to use Float, in our opinion. It's yeah. good to know. Yeah, it's it's crazy how they've used these apps to be gatekeepers of of content. But yeah, and yeah. so many people are so accustomed to going to the app store. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's we joke all the time that we have so many iPhone users who uh, we see these, this complaint all the time. I don't see Float in my app store. It must not exist. And it's just like. Just Google it. <laughs> Just Google it. Or DuckDuckGo it. Uh, yeah, so there is a little bit, yeah, you know, we're entering Google a new it. world. <laughs> but we are, you know, we're entering a new world where we're seeing cracks in kind of the old system. And, you know, we had a lot of trust and a lot of people build up, uh, you know, their businesses and their their livelihoods and their, their personalities on these big tech platforms. But, you know, we see the trend going with uh, decentralized tech and cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and blockchain technology and more resilient systems and more people are, you know, venturing out to try new social uh, applications. So we feel, you know, we're in a good spot uh, to take advantage of, uh, you know, what's going on in the market and also uh, do a good thing, which is always, you know, where we try to position ourselves. Right. And we have the best community, by the way. Yeah. How, how big is, can you say how, how many users you have now or? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're still the small guy in the block. We have uh, just over 50,000 users. But, um, but yeah, we're looking to really ramp that up, uh, especially after our new release. We ran into some scalability issues with our beta platform, so that's what we're in the middle of fixing right now. But as soon as we get our uh, catamaran, catamaran out, uh, out to sea, uh, we, always use like, we always use like sailor yeah. puns and something Once like that. Once we committed <laughs> to the float name, we were just like, you know what? This means a lifetime of nautical puns, and yeah. we're fine with it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be really, uh, pushing it and, and hoping to a big part of what we're doing too, is like, uh, you know, just 
connecting people, uh, communication, and also on the, the payment side to utilizing cryptocurrency. So we don't sit in there as a middleman for when you're talking to your friends or family, and we don't uh, sit Spy in there as- on your user, on our users at all. Because yeah. first of all, we don't care to, and second of all, we don't mm-hmm. even we don't want the ability. <laughs> And we, uh, and also that comes with uh, payments too. So, you know, content creators, they earn a hundred percent of the tips that they generate on float. They earn a hundred percent of the subscriptions that on floats. It's all peer to peer. We're looking to add, um, you know, other ways for, for content creators to monetize as well next year that we're really excited about. Right. And a cool thing about, um, you know, Kingsley mentioned you keep a hundred percent of mm-hmm. everything that you make on float is, on our live stream feature, we actually have a super chat feature. Um, and when you send a super chat on YouTube, YouTube takes 30% of each super chat that comes in, uh, which is a lot. Uh, yeah. On Yeah, on Float, you send Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies and we take absolutely nothing. You keep your full donation. Um, and yeah, I just don't think people realize that YouTube is taking 30% of each donation uh, when they mm-hmm. send it your way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you guys are on the right track. Um, I, I think we are seeing sort of this uh, centralized model. I mean, obviously politically centralized, but also the the, the media and the social media centralization is it's it's dying, and people are rejecting it, and we're seeing it sort of the the flailing death of it. Um, I mean, things things might get messy in the near term, but I think at the end of the day, things things are moving in in your direction and the direction of apps like or the direction of, uh, don't say apps, I guess, sites or communities, communities. Web three. <laughs> yeah. Web three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I always say like in the, in the midst of chaos, there's, that's when you, you find uh, opportunities. So, um, yeah, we're really, we're, we, we love the, our, you know, float fam, as we call them. Uh, we have a great, uh, community that that's really, I mean, you know, they're, they're a lot of them are, are smart into crypto, they, they uh, you know, at the very least, they have dialogue and debate about, you know, topics uh, of, of today um, without worrying about getting censored for it. Uh, and a lot of people, too, are like, they just know how to do cool stuff. I mean, they know, you know, like anything from, um, you know, a lot of uh, preppers or people homesteaders. that, yeah, homesteaders, uh, you know, like homeschoolers, just, just all across the board, uh, very smart people. Yeah. So mechanics, engineers, yeah homeschool like it's it's very promising you know that there are a lot of people out there who are putting action into the world that we that we need more of you know like homeschooling children like growing your own food and sharing that content you know it's Mm -hmm. it's all very valuable information it's funny i i see all the time that people are just like i can't believe the the kind of content that's here on flow it's pretty much everything i would need everywhere else (laughs) and uh and so, yeah, in two years' time, it's nice to be able to build up such a good community with very good engagement. Um, you know, I'm very proud of what we've what we've been able to build. That's awesome. Yeah, it's easier for easy to forget that you know there's so many people with these skills and uh, you know real you know applicable you know knowledge of the world, homesteading, gardening, these different things. Um, cause that gets all drowned out of the typical social media landscape. You don't see it. You just see the, the loudest, the loudest noises, um, yeah. come forward and all that stuff gets pushed into the background. Um, so yeah. And you do see cool politics on float, you know, it's, it, it happens. There's yeah. a lot going on in the world and everyone has their opinions, but, um, being able to kind of see the different 
different content that lives on there has been great. And, you know, there are times when King and I, we get down, you know, about our progress with float because we, we have such big plans for it because we want to see it really be a long-term vision. And sometimes we feel like we are the, the new kids on the block and we're, we're moving uh, slower than these companies are that have years and also millions uh, of dollars ahead. Um, and our community, they're the ones to pick us back up and, and brush us off and give us what we need to, to keep going. And so I think, you know, it's just community is such an understated thing and it really shouldn't be community is everything. That's awesome. So just, uh, give you guys a chance to plug anything else, plug float again, plug, uh, plug the, uh, change.org petition, plug anything else you're working on. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, please go, if you have uh, just two seconds, um, go to uh, freemichaelnow.org. That will go to the change.org uh, petition. Please sign it, uh, show your support. If you want to leave a message uh, to, you know, that's it. We appreciate that. Uh, I, I did review some of the messages uh, earlier today. And, and, you know, if you're going to leave a message, I understand it can be upsetting with, uh, you know, my father's situation. And I appreciate it, appreciate, uh, you know, your comments, but but sometimes, you know, we like to print these out actually and show the politicians. So if you if you can provide, they don't love reading comments that says like taxation is that. Or, <laughs> yeah, typical it, those are kind of harder to, yeah. uh, to you know get to get, get the point across. To tone tone down the uh, libertarianism and yeah. Um, but and then uh, yeah, and then if you have another two seconds, you know, just go to joinfloat.com and uh, and you know make an account it takes uh, takes us just a minutes. Um, sign up and connect with myself. I'm King at Floats, and uh, Aaron. And I'm Aaron E R I N. Yeah, Float. and I'm K I N G. Sorry, Archie was getting a little rowdy, so yeah. I have to get no up worries. to. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, we have some exciting things. Um, you know, if you are into crypto, uh, check out uh, FloatToken.com or FloatNFT.com. We're doing a, a really, we're planning for a really exciting NFT sale uh, at the end of this year. Um, that also includes a, a token airdrop. So we have some big plans uh, for that. And we're, uh, you know, a lot of announcements are coming out, you know, this week, basically. And in regards to that, we're, we got a, a you know, a, a crazy path uh, ahead of us. But, um, but we'll all float on. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Exciting stuff. Kingsley, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks uh, for having us, John. Thank you so much. Hope you guys enjoyed today's interview with Kingsley and Aaron Edwards. Um, of course, great to talk with Kingsley and Aaron about Float and the amazing stuff they're doing there with that company. I'm excited to see where it goes. But equally, but actually more important, is uh, was the first part of the show, uh, talking about Michael Edwards, Kingsley's dad, and uh, you know almost his three-decade-long stay in prison for a totally nonviolent crime. Um, let's do what we can, sign petitions, spread the word, do what we can uh, with the Finding Freedom audience to help out wherever possible. I know it's Christmas coming up. Everyone's excited for that. And uh, what better way to get in the Christmas spirit than a little debate? You got Spike Cohen, you got Dave Smith, you got the great Borders debate happening tonight. You can Watch, listen, live, comment, uh, partake, enjoying it with other uh, Liberty lovers. If you are a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride on either uh, Patreon or on Locals, and of course, if you're if you're not a member, you're gonna have to wait until January third to hear it 
or watch it, but to watch it live, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Liberty or our locals at lionsofliberty.locals.com. Join today, guys. For as little as five bucks a month, you can watch live. You can hear this debate before everyone else. Um, everyone's going to be talking about it. So uh, do it now, guys. That's really all I got to say. I got, I got no other plugs. This has been a uh, an awesome show. It's been a great year. And I thank you all for all the continued support. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. <laughs>